Hello, this is Lafayette Faust, creator of the Nevermore Hollows podcast. Thank you for making the show a success. Please take a moment to subscribe, give five stars, comment, and share the show with your friends. It's the best way to help us grow and to be able to continue to provide quality horror content. Also, please support our new art director, Chris Madman Goins, at Black Sheep Studios TN on Instagram. He has some amazing Nevermore Hollows art for sale, signed by the both of us, as well as many other original pieces I think you're going to love. Now, for you horror hounds who like to have a good laugh, I invite you to check out my other podcast. It's called The Three Uncool Cats. In it, my two friends and I sit in a basement and discuss music, movies, and whatever else comes into our warped minds. I would really appreciate it if you would give it a listen. Now, with that out of the way, I invite you to sit back, turn on a light, and prepare yourself. The Grim Tale of Grace Macabre, Chapter 8 The rest of the afternoon passed with agonizing slowness. While Grace's anxiety had abated due to the shot that Sheena, the punk rock paramedic, had given her, a side effect was that she found it difficult to focus. She sat with her mother and her Aunt Jessica and Uncle Jim in the county hospital's waiting room with Ian's family. Ian was in surgery to remove the bullet that had nicked his lung. Through her drug-induced haze, she remembered Sarah telling her that this was the case back in the girls' restroom at school. How could she have known? Grace thought. The doctors were confident the surgery would be a success and that Ian would completely recover even though the procedure was already in its third hour. Even through the fog in Grace's mind, she could tell that Ian came from an amazing family. His mother was a striking woman in her mid-forties. His dad was short and thin, with hair that seemed to not want to stay in place. He had an older brother and a sister, 17-year-old twins, with blonde hair and green eyes. What made Ian's family so remarkable, though, was their strength during such a desperate situation. She watched as they comforted each other and prayed. It made her miss her dad, even though he was such a loser and had left them. That's interesting, Jim said, looking down at his phone. Grace turned her head to look at her uncle. The fog was lifting and she was able to focus a bit more clearly, but she still felt physically sluggish. What is? she asked. I'm on our newspaper's site, he said, and they have a fascinating story. Why are you reading the Nevermore Gazette? 
Nobody takes them seriously anymore after they sensationalize the child abductions. They should never have run with that crawling man story, Grace said. Uncle Jim kept scrolling through the story as he was reading. All news organizations sensationalize Grace. But that doesn't mean we can't read beyond the hyperbole and draw our own conclusions. Maybe, Grace replied. So, what's so interesting? Mr. Bremen, who lives just outside of town, called the police stating that he was pranked by a couple of young kids last night. That's not so interesting, Grace said. Kids prank, Uncle Jim. Always have and always will. Jim looked up from his phone after finishing the story. Mr. Bremen says the kids came to his house late, well after the countywide curfew and knocked on his door. When he opened the door, the two kids just stood there, not saying anything, not responding to his questions. He got fed up and went to get his phone to call the police, but when he got back to the door, the kids were gone. Grace shrugged. Sounds like the kids are just rebelling against the curfew and being bratty. That's not so strange. Well, it says in the article that Mr. Bremen claims the kids had black eyes. Black eyes, Grace said. Her interest sparked. Yes, Jim replied. He says that there were no whites at all in their eyes. They were completely black. He also said the kid stood on his porch, expressionless, yet with an almost malevolent air about them. He felt creeped out because he felt as if they had lost their souls. Grace leaned forward in her chair. She loved her conversations with her uncle. He always challenged her to think for herself, and he was not afraid to think outside the box and entertain ideas that were beyond the mainstream. He loved investigating the supernatural, which allowed for some intellectually stimulating conversations. So, you think this is something more than a prank? She asked. You think it could be some kind of supernatural occurrence? Nevermore was a quaint little town that sat on the coast, nestled between the ocean and Dunwich Forest, which seemed dark and ominous even on the sunniest of days. The townsfolk embraced a Mayberry-style way of life. Everyone was known by their neighbors. There was a genuine effort to be friendly and lend a helping hand. The town's architectural style was varied with Victorian and craftsman homes, a well-maintained main street, and a town center with buildings that were over a hundred years old, and a lush park complete with an artisan fountain. But what defined the town most were the unexplainable happenings that were so prevalent that the townsfolk had long ago accepted them into their lives as normal. There were some who were brave enough to suggest that there was a paranormal bent to these occurrences. However, most of the townsfolk chose to ignore such suggestions as old-fashioned and backward thinking. They simply chalked it all up to the growing decadence of modern society.
Jim tilted his head as he considered his reply. While I feel most stories about supernatural occurrences are hoaxes or can be explained using a dose of skeptical reasoning, I do believe that there are some things that happen in this world that are unexplainable with modern logic. While I find this story intriguing, there isn't enough information to go on. I'd like to find the time to drive out and speak with Mr. Bremen about this. It would be fascinating to see where this goes. Grace pulled up the story on her phone so she could read it and draw her own conclusions. Before she began reading, she decided to ask her uncle's opinion on the crawling man story. So, what do you think about all these abductions? We live in dark times, Grace, he replied, shaking his head in disgust. Our society has completely embraced its dance with the devil as he leads us in his satanic masquerade. Grace put Jim on a pedestal. She loved the descriptive way he had just described modern society. She could see that people seemed to willingly embrace chaos and dysfunction. The way the kids recorded the shooting at school was an example, and you only needed to glance at the news to see how people today were in a constant state of self-destruction and wanton violence. I agree, she said, but do you think what the mother saw was real? I mean, do you think he had those long and bony arms and legs? Sometimes, during traumatic situations, the human mind colors the scene with details that are not factual, Jim replied. The mother was clearly traumatized by seeing her son pulled through the window by a strange man in the dark of night. The lighting was dim, surely casting strange shadows. Her trauma and the dim lighting possibly caused her mind to add sinister details to the man's features that weren't accurate. Does that make sense? Grace nodded. Kinda. But does that kind of thing really happen? Sure, it does, Jim replied. When the police question robbery or assault victims, many times the victims describe their assailants much larger than their actual size. The victims even give details such as scars, sharper teeth, and all manner of details that are incorrect. I'm sure some of the students from today's tragedy will do the same. Why do you think that is? Grace asked. Well, I think it's because deep down we can't handle the idea that an ordinary-looking human being can cause us such harm. So when it happens, subconsciously our minds conjure up details that make their attackers seem less normal, more malevolent. Grace turned all this over in her mind. Okay, I can see how that might be the case with the crawling man. Maybe the mother's trauma is coloring what the man looked like. But how does that explain the black eyes of the kids in this story? Mr. Bremen was under no traumatic stress. Jim smiled at Grace. You're going to pin me down on whether or not I think these children with black eyes are something paranormal, aren't you? Grace smiled back. Yes. Jim leaned back in his chair as he considered her question. Well, I believe we should always try to explain everything with reason. 
The kids could have been wearing black contact lenses. However, my gut tells me both these occurrences are paranormal events. I think that the crawling man and the black-eyed children are not human, or at least they aren't human anymore.